Hey friends, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the podcast. Today is Monday, January 6th. This is episode number 868. This is Mailbox Monday and man, we got a lot of ground to cover. You guys are turning in great questions and we're going to get to a whole bunch of them today. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. hope you guys are enjoying the new year. This is one of my favorite times of the year because it gives us an opportunity to sort of hit the reset button, start over, uh, you know, put all the things out on the table in front of us and lay them before the Lord. And we're doing that at Mom Strong International. The Bible study recalibrate kicks off today. So I just want to encourage you to join us over at Mom Strong International. Uh, we are really excited about what God is doing there. And we want to make a commitment with you to to help you get into the Word of God with your kids this year. So, you know, I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. You can't give your kids what you don't possess. We can't pass on what we don't possess. So if we want our children to walk in right relationship with the Lord, we need to be walking in right relationship with the Lord. If we want our children to really see the value and the benefit of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, to realize the blessing that comes from it, it has to start with us. And so I hope you guys will join us. Mom Strong International, the study Recalibrate begins today. Also want to remind you that we have an awesome sponsor at the podcast, Evangelical Christian Credit Union. And I'm wondering... If any of you decided to make financial changes for 2020, I bet you did. So my husband and I sat down the other day, like we do at the start of every quarter, really, especially in January, and we decided on some things that we want to do differently. And we always hit the financial area of our marriage. And so if you want a fresh start for the new year, ECCU has been a friend of my podcast now for quite a while, and they would like to help your children get a fresh start with their young start account. It's really easy to monitor activity and transfer money into your child's account. And best of all, there are no overdraft fees. And you can learn more at eccu.org forward slash Heidi. I am two days into the cruise right now that we are on with the Florida Parent Educators Association. I want to remind you, I will be speaking for the FPEA conference this year. You can find out more about that uh, by going to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. And also, I'm going to be in Lakeland, Florida for Faith That Speaks. And my friend Elizabeth Johnston will be speaking with me. If you've never heard Elizabeth Johnston, she runs a page called The Activist Mommy. She is is a mother of 10, a passionate speaker, a passionate truth teller, and she's going to be there with me for Faith That Speaks in Lakeland, Florida. Uh, get your tickets because you guys are going to want to come. Everybody uh, who comes this year is going to get to hear, obviously, Elizabeth as well as myself. But then you're also going to go home with a Faith That Speaks t-shirt, a swag bag. We're going to give you lunch. We're going to encourage you to walk with God in a culture that has really strayed from the truth of God's word. So come on out to Faith That Speaks in Lakeland, Florida, February February 21st and 22nd. It really encourages me to see the questions that are coming in and to see you guys really pondering what God would have you do. So I'm going to answer a bunch of questions when I get to as many as I can today. And I want to encourage those of you who have never turned a question in, the way to do it is to go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash 
Mailbox Monday. And I answer questions for the whole show on Monday, and I try to answer at least one on Wednesdays. And then Fridays, typically, we have a guest here at the show. But I want to encourage you, there's no topic that's off limits. I think that Christians should be engaged in the culture. So we need to be talking about education. We need to talk about entertainment. We need to be talking about politics. And we can disagree. And we need to continue to have the conversation and then come before the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? So the first question in the uh, on the show today comes from a mom named Amanda. And she said, Heidi, how do you show support for family members who do not feel able to homeschool, but also feel hopeless sending kids to public school and cannot afford a Christian school? She says, my in-laws have permanent custody of several of their grandchildren. And while they homeschooled their own children, they now feel they have reached retirement age and are also caring for their own elderly parents. They are maxed out physically and emotionally and financially, and Christian school doesn't seem like a possibility because of finances and distance from home. My mother-in-law sees the moral decline happening in the public school system and is weary of the constant battle to instill godly values in her grandchildren while the world wages war against them seven hours a day. I am homeschooling my three young children on my own and don't live close enough to offer help. How can I encourage and support her? All right, Amanda, I love your heart for your mother-in-law. What that what a blessing that they have in having you and their family. And the first thing I'm going to tell you is what you already know, but I feel the need to say it again. There is power in prayer. There is power in prayer. There is power in coming before the Lord. God knows the circumstances that are surrounding your family. And he is saying, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. If I was in your position, uh, the first thing I'd be doing is uh, asking your mother-in-law, how much help and support is she getting from her local church? Um, it's amazing. I can only imagine the circumstances that have led to her needing to take these children into her home because obviously this was not the way it was supposed to be. And so whenever we we find ourselves in situations like that, we come back to God's word and we realize that God has answers for us. God has an answer for your mother-in-law and an answer for them as they um, as they are shepherding these children, which really they're, they weren't they weren't supposed to do this. This isn't the way it was supposed to be. And yet God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I would be very interested. And this is just something to, to throw out. There's something to think about. I don't know where you guys live or what part of the country that you're in, but there are lots of options now and opportunities for kids to be educated online. And so there are, there are many, many more options and many, many more opportunities now than there were even a few years ago for children who, uh, whose parents cannot afford Christian school and they don't feel like they can take on the full burden of homeschooling. And so I would be looking at that for her. Uh, there are lots of free websites, lots of ideas for parents who are in your uh, mother-in-law situation. Believe it or not, I get questions like yours quite a bit at the podcast. And it seems that there are a lot of parents and grandparents that are in your mother-in-law situation right now. So I'd let her know she's not alone. Uh, check out uh, James Dobson's Family Talk has been addressing this issue. And I would just encourage you to uh, come alongside her and keep encouraging her to be involved in the public school where her children are at. So if she can't take them out, if she has no other option, and I realize that that's the case for people on occasion, that they absolutely have no other option, then you have no option but to be involved in your child's public school. 
you know, one of the reasons why we took our kids out was because I realized I don't have the time to go to the public school with them. So if it was happening in my kids' lives and I had to have them in public school, I'd be inclined to be down there saying, hey, my name's Heidi. I brought my own seat. I'll be here all day uh, with my little folding chair. I'm just going to be going to class with my kid. Uh, If you guys need anything, let me know. I can do bulletin boards. (laughs) But we got to be in there because one of the insidious things that's happening in the public schools are uh, the, the schools are teaching especially social engineering, homosexuality, transgenderism, uh, socialism, all kinds of ideas being taught to students. They go home and they don't tell their parents, or in this case, their grandparents, and then the parents are not aware and these ideas take root. So whether your kids are in Christian school or whether they're in public school, uh, if you are a parent right now, you have no choice, or in this case, a grandparent who is parenting, you have no choice but to engage, engage, engage. And um, I'm going to be praying for your mother-in-law because I know she's got her work cut out for her. I also know that the Lord is going to honor her. The next question comes from a mom who says, Heidi, I need to know how to manage all the things. When you're pregnant and you have young children and your partner doesn't pitch in much. This question is actually coming to you from two moms in the same situation. She is expecting her sixth baby early next year, and I have had my seventh last May. She says her house is always a mess, and mine is too. And she and I are both angered by the mess. We repeatedly ask the children to complete their chores and tidy up after themselves to no avail. One or two of the children will do the work and the others always avoid it. Sometimes it seems like those one or two are doing the work for everyone. I step away from the family during a chore time to nurse the baby for a nap while my friend suffers from lack of energy to always be around monitoring the children's progress. I just want it to be neat and tidy and the mess angers me and they go off to play and expect me to be the maid. I can't keep up anymore and I'm tired of talking. It's not so much defiance as it is laziness and childish foolishness. Both families teach biblical values at home, attend church regularly, pray together, and so on. So this is a great question, and it's a question I get quite a bit from moms who are just sort of worn out, and scripture has nothing good to say about laziness. So I'm going to just start you right there, because it sounds like, and honestly, when our kids are lazy, part of it is because we are tired. When we're tired, our kids get lazy. In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4, the Bible says, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Proverbs 12, 24, work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave uh, or a socialist. Proverbs 20, verse 4, those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food in the harvest. And Proverbs 19, 15, laziness brings on deep sleep and the shiftless go hungry. Uh, The Bible commands us to work hard and to not be lazy. This is one of my arguments against socialism because the Bible has a lot to say about the individual and the individual's responsibility. And I know what you mean about having kids at home where it feels like a couple of the kids do most of work and the other ones avoid it. I think that's true in every family dynamic. And it's very easy for the mom to rely on those kids who are so good at helping and let the other ones become lazy and, uh, and really they become entitled when they realize that their other that their other siblings are doing the work for them. And so we want to be encouraging our children away from that and to be uh, getting alongside our children and saying, nope, this isn't going to happen anymore. And I would encourage you to really be implementing consequences for laziness. So at our home, there was a season and it's been a long time now, but when I was raising you know, seven children and the house was full and super busy and I'm, you know, nursing a a baby and got teenagers and the whole thing. Uh, I noticed a pattern 
happening with our children. And we decided, my husband and I, to basically pare our house down to the essential. So if they couldn't clean up their toys, they lost their toys. And so I know it sounds harsh. I know. Nobody write me. Uh, I actually still feel really good about my decision. (laughs) So, And uh, it was a long time ago, but we took most of their toys and put them in a box and put the box in the garage. And that garage box stayed there for almost six months until I recognized that my children were beginning to clean up after themselves because I wasn't their maid. And so the same thing was true in the kitchen. If they can't clean up the kitchen, then I'm not going to let you have toys. If you can't clean up after yourselves or be responsible for certain parts of the home, then it's going to affect you in other areas of your life. Uh, God honors responsibility. And we want to teach our children to be responsible. Why? Because everything we do is for the glory of God, right? First Corinthians 10 31. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. The Bible teaches us that the care of our homes and the care of our families is something that God values. God values it when we do that. So we want to be very, very careful to uh, teach our children and we model that. So mom, if you're always grumpy and, and angry because your kids aren't doing the work that they're doing, a lot of times we're bringing it on ourselves. And so uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 31, 27, she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Proverbs 14, the wise woman builds her house, but the foolish one tears it down with her own hands. Uh, I think it's important for us to continue to stay faithful, even when we're tired, even when we're weary, right? The Bible says, don't grow weary in well-doing because at the appropriate time, you will reap a reward if you don't give up. So don't give up. I want to encourage you away from a place of feeling like you you have no other options and uh, your children, are. this is just how it is. Because I don't think that that's true. And I don't think that that's God's heart for you. So I'd be uh, rewarding them for hard work. I'd be implementing consequences when they don't get their work done. And you know what? In the, sh- in the short run, mom, that's going to make more work for you. But in the long run, it's going to produce a blessing. And the Bible calls that blessing the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So keep that in mind and keep your hands to the plow. It's so important. Next relationship comes from a mom who wishes to remain anonymous. She says, Heidi, what do you do with toxic relationships in your life? My mother has lived her entire life and mine in a state of victim mentality and manipulative relationships, and I am hanging on by a thread with her. She raised us in church and hides it all under the guise of Christ and how we should honor and respect her. However, her remarks, digs, and refusal to see the chaos she has caused is becoming too much to bear. If I walked away tomorrow and didn't talk to her again, I'm ashamed to say I would be okay with it. All right, so you're not alone. Uh, there are a lot of us that grew up with abusive relationships that that uh, went into our adulthood. I was the same way. My parents uh, struggled in their marriage. My father was abusive. And I think that as we we begin to grow up, we start seeing things differently. And then somehow, for whatever reason, we end up staying in those relationships with that toxic person. And we believe that somehow that's what God would want us to do. But I don't think that that's true at all. Um, what would what would what would happen if we stayed in relationships that were liabilities in our lives and not assets. So if you're going to develop a healthy relationship, the truth is you've got to cut off the unhealthy ones that you have developed. And so uh, this is hard. And I'm not going to sit here and say, well, this is really easy. Just don't talk to your mom for a long time. No, it's very, very difficult 
but God will help you. And I think once we realize that God is for us and he does not desire to be a doormat, particularly not uh, when it comes to relationships with your parents, Um, or anybody else in your life, that's all right. You don't have to be ashamed. Isaiah 43 verse one says, listen to the Lord who created you. The one who formed you says, do not be afraid for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And I think as children of uh, parents who have been abusive, sometimes we feel this sense of shame and a sense of guilt. We wonder if only I did this, maybe my mom wouldn't be angry or sad. Uh, If only I had done this, maybe my dad wouldn't have done this. And ultimately, you need to remember that God says that you are his and he loves you unconditionally. And he loves your mom unconditionally. You're not responsible to fix what's wrong with your mom. God is responsible for our mothers. God is responsible for our families, not us. And there was a time, a season in my life when my husband decided to to totally cut off uh, communication with one of my parents. And it was very difficult for me. And I had to grieve that loss in my life. But you know what came out of that, that season of silence? And it was actually several years. Healing came out of that. And I learned that even if my mother and my father abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. This is a, this is a, a promise out of Psalm 27. And you sound to me like you're at a point where you need to sever that relationship for a time so that you can start living in a healthier relationship. And I think more important than ever is to recognize that your kids are watching you. And if they see you living in an abusive relationship, if they see you putting up with it, um, I'm telling you what, they will also struggle with it their adult lives. Your children need to know that they can be free. They can be free and they can make choices that are healthy for themselves. And they learn that by watching you. And the last thing I would encourage you to do is to uh, recognize you don't you can you can forgive somebody without being reconciled with them. I'm gonna say that again because that's hard for some of you. You can forgive someone without being reconciled. You can forgive someone without being pulled back into the drama and pulled back into the relationship. Forgiveness does not mean that you grant trust automatically or that you're automatically restored. Forgiveness is really the beginning of healing. We forgive because Christ asks us to forgive, but we also need to establish boundaries. So we can keep forgiving our mom or forgiving our dad even if reconciliation might not be possible until other changes are made. And I think a lot of times that that means that we have to step away. And you guys, there's a season. All right, there's a season the Bible teaches us for everything. And for me, there was a season in which I had to step away from the relationships that were hurting me, partly because uh, my husband could see that what was happening was I was going to take a generational sin and pass it on to the next generation, which was the last thing that I wanted to do. And so I just want to encourage you, uh, there is freedom. Hang in there. All right. Hang in there. I've got one more question about a mother who seems to be an abusive mother-in-law. So we've seen all seen relationships like this. This is not my family. I actually have a fantastic mother-in-law for which I'm very, very grateful, right? But this girl says that her mother-in-law still sees her son as her little boy and she's obsessed with her son. He was her only child born out of multiple miscarriages and her son is soft-natured and he stands to the side 
and the and the wife in the situation is feeling very wounded and very hurt. Now, this is a pretty common thing. And there's a great article at Focus on the Family, and I'll link back to it in the show notes today. It's called Seven Things to Remember When Your In-Laws Can't Let Go. And they give you some suggestions if you're caught in the conflict between a parent who wants to be involved in the marriage and not just involved with their with uh, with their adult children and seeing them as married. And point number one is a healthy marriage has two independent adults who have left their parents. I'm going to say that again. A healthy marriage consists of two independent adults who have left their parents, right? This comes straight out of Genesis 2.24. It says, therefore, a man should leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and the two should become one flesh. Two, the marriage relationship always comes first. The marriage relationship always comes first. And if you have a husband or a wife that would prefer to be with their with their parents rather than the spouse, there are probably some issues that are happening that go well beyond uh, what you can deal with outside of counseling. Outside of counseling, all right? I'm always telling moms, look, marriage comes from mothering and people don't like it when I say that, but that's true. And it's it's the truth. In when you When your parents are trying to parent you, and you're an adult. Three, we are only responsible for our own responses. I loved what they said here. This might seem obvious, but in a moment of conflict, it can be difficult to remember what we're responsible for. Gregory explains that when we face an issue with our in-laws, there are two ways of dealing with it, reactive and responsive. So reactive is when you immediately respond with fear and panic and anger. So maybe your mother-in-law subtly or not so subtly tells you you're doing it wrong or she's hogging your husband's time and she doesn't care. And you immediately respond, right, with fear or panic or anger. Responsive is when you take a moment, consider the implications of what you're about to say and respond with grace. And you might say to your spouse, this isn't working for us. We need a new plan. And then come together to figure out what works for both of you. So this is a great article, super great. I'm going to link back to it. Uh, They also say boundaries are necessary for healthy living. Don't let ideal expectations make you forget real people. Hello, like this year Christmas will be perfect. (laughs) <laughs> right? Uh, we we want to be careful of our expectations. All right. And then ultimately we want to, we remember that we need the wisdom and grace that comes from God. Colossians chapter three, uh, verses eight and then 12 and 13 says, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must forgive. And I know it can be difficult to respond with love and grace, and that's why prayer is such a gift. And we need to pray for the attitude that Christ Jesus would have, and then trust him that he is going to finish the work, not just in you, not just in your husband, but also in your in-laws and in the lives of your children because they are watching. I want to thank you guys for listening today. I've got a couple more questions and I can't get to them today, so I'll try to address a couple of them on Wednesday. Keep your questions coming. You can submit them at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. Don't forget to register for the Lakeland, Florida Faith That Speaks Conference. That's happening February 21st and 22nd. We're going to have a great time uh, out there with my women's ministry team and my family. I'm telling you what, it'll be a a day and a half that will change your life. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I will see you back here on Wednesday.
For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.